Hello, hello, everybody. It's another exciting night here with your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. And let me tell you, it's going to be a crazy week because we got a court case to discuss. We got some people to put on trial because there's people claiming things and trying to deliver things that they're not necessarily delivering. And I think we've touched on it in recent weeks. But tonight we're going to get into it because promoters are going to promote. We know how that works. So all that tonight and more on a brand new episode of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. We are going live tonight, folks, and we'll see you in a second. Once again, here's your boy, Silly Sellers here, representing the Big Gold Belt Podcast for episode 314 on your action tonight on this April 22nd, 2021. Um, I'm here with my boy, Will, the thrill, who's also the Hill Mahoney. He's going on the keys tonight because our boy, Two Chains, is, is taking a little mini vacation today. Uh, Will, how you doing today, man? I'm hanging in there, and I think we are up and running. Everything is looking good on this end. So I, I got the wheel. I'm going to try to keep us on the road tonight, but it's there's going to be a lot happening. So we're going to try and keep it together. And then the person who really is going to bring the action tonight, of course, um, talking about my boy, Giant Crab Jamal. Now, I, do I need to change your name from the Giant Crab to the Giant Judge for what you're going to produce tonight? Well, well, no, 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 no. I wouldn't be the judge. I am... A, a simple, humbler uh, wrestler attorney. Okay, litigate. Uh, but before the people's court, in order to present my case that Mr. Richard Swan of Baltimore, Maryland, shall be the new Impact and All Elite Wrestling Champion at the pay per view this year Sunday. That, that's all I'm trying to do. So, <laughs> so I guess I'll have my JBO guy on right right now. Um, I've probably got Farouk over here somewhere that's going to say "damn" at, at some point of the show, but we'll, we'll see where he is. But let's start with you, you know, Krabby. When we're talking about your court case, we call it Court Case Three One Four: The People versus Rich Swan. <laughs> Tell me what you got here. So, you know, present your case to the community of of what you want to do on behalf of Rich Swan, as you said, representing here locally from Baltimore, Maryland. What, what's your stance on this and why you want to bring this to the court today? So let's unpack it all. The pay-per-view, mm-hmm. uh, Rebellion, Impact's pay-per-view is this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. Cool. And there are, you know, it's a decent card, actually. Um, but the, the the main event, the capper to it all, is Rich Swan, mm-hmm. Kenny Omega, title versus title. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, I don't really watch Impact. I watch AEW mostly out of all the, really, I mean, the seven continuous days of wrestling around the world that you could possibly watch live. 
Mm -hmm. I watch AEW the most. If you watch AEW, no one has mentioned that the pay-per-view is coming. Actually, we just saw the first commercial advertisement for it during Dynamite on on TV once. So blink if you missed it uh, during one of the picture-in-picture segments. Mm -hmm. And you kind of wonder, well, isn't this a partnership? Isn't this, you know, supposed to be some kind of coalescence of AEW and Impact? And I say no. This is business. And notice how when Impact moved to Thursdays, Mm -hmm. those paid ads from Tony Khan stopped. Because I believe that he legit paid for that time and used it accordingly. Mm -hmm. Now that the Impact can't, uh, won't help AEW, he kept his money. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. Everybody and their mother has already this preconceived notion that this is a foregone conclusion. Everybody and their mother will tell you that it's Rich Swan versus whoever the Impact Champion is. I mean, I'm sorry, it's Kenny Omega versus whoever the Impact Champion is. It, everyone will tell you that Kenny is looking towards double or nothing for whatever that's going to be, but obviously it's going to be there because it's the pay-per-view for AEW. How come no one, no one, nobody is saying that Rich Swan not only can win, but he should win. And I'm gonna give you three different grounds for why he should. It helps Impact, obviously. That's the company that he works for. It's the He's their champion. It helps himself, obviously. No one's ever been a double champion from outside of the company uh, between AEW and anyone else. This is mm-hmm. literally history. Number three, it actually helps Kenny Omega. So on the first part, you have Rich Juan. And you have this guy and you know Impact's this, you know, unassuming, you know, little micro community in all of wrestling, you know, small fish in an ocean. Okay, cool. So then you have, you know, Swan. What if he wins? What if he does win? What does that do for impact on the national level, on the global level? It's not Kenny two belts, even though he already has two. It's <laughs> Swan two belts. Belt. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's Swan and his two belts. So he went from a guy that was kind of ostracized, you know, kind of spoken down upon. Mm-hmm. in the Impact community to AEW's champion. One-third of AEW's entire championship run. They only got three. And, and one-third of that works with somebody else. It would be... It would definitely do more for Impact in that regard in that it would put Impact on the map. Now they are a player. You can't ignore them anymore. There are no excuses anymore. You have to acknowledge that Impact is doing... Something because Kenny Omega, the prodigal son of the wrestling you know world in 2015 to 2020, got beat by a guy named Rich. Hot <laughs> damn. <laughs> so then, the, so then the second thing is that it actually it helps Rich Swan himself mm-hmm. for all of the his standing and impact. You you know he's kind of like well this you know I don't want to say scrappy underdog because that's kind of BS. But the bottom line is I'm hearing a lot of people chirping about how Moose should be champion. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. else but Swan should be champion. Mm-hmm. Well, if he beats Kenny, 
then hush your mouth because he earned it. I mean, that puts him, that reestablishes him at the pinnacle, at the top, at the guy in impact, which honestly, he kind of needs that boost to kind of hush the naysayers. And the third thing is, well, yeah, it helps Kenny because either way I see it, the pay-per-view is coming up for AEW on the twenty on the thirtieth of May, which is about a month later. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, obviously Kenny would get a rematch. Obviously, Rich Swan would have the belt for four weeks. In the grand scheme of a year, nobody's going to remember the the month of May. Oh, the month that that time forgot because because the AEW Championship was suddenly vacant. When was the last time Kenny defended the belt? It's been a while. If it wasn't, yeah, if it wasn't the last the bomb match, so yeah, yeah, the bomb match didn't count. Um, yeah, but that was February, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was was February. February. Yeah. When did he last defend the title? If it it was, if it was after Revolution, which it may have been, that was February. End of February. It's a month and a half later. So we've already Kenny's gone possibly longer than that. And defending it. I don't think he's defended it since then. Was it December? No, it can't be no, December. No, no, no. no. no he definitely defended it um, at Revolution, which was February. And that was okay. the, um, the the impotent bomb match. So, okay, cool. But see, so you can't use that as an excuse. Well, Rich Warren is just going to take it to Nashville and hijack the uh, AEW belt. Well, Kenny hasn't defended it since February. Well, oh. Swan shouldn't have it because he can't beat Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's Wrestled in the in the Tokyo Dome, in the Georgia Dome, in in the McDonald's playpen. Oh, he's wrestled all these places, and he has all these stars, and he's a goddamn astrologist. Okay, cool. But Rich Swan is also their champion. So you're telling me that just because Kenny's put on a pedestal by the marks on the internet doesn't mean that somebody isn't on his level? But Rich Swan about to prove that that he's Impact Champion for a reason, and it's not Moose. He's Impact Champion for a reason, and it's not. You know, he's not a transitional champion. No, that's his belt. And he's going to defend it. And and then in process, win the AEW championship. And I think that he should, because what happens to Kenny then when there's nothing that Callis could say to him? There's nothing that the Good Brothers can say to him. There's nothing that the Young Bucks could say to him. He lost. Ain't nothing more important than the truth. And the truth is he lost. And I think that this starts Kenny down this dark timeline that people who's a fan of his in New Japan really wants him to come back as. Well, that's how you get there. Because now he's this goofy chicken shit heel, which is working, I guess. But I'm still waiting for 27-star match Kenny Omega to come out. Haven't seen that yet in AEW. Maybe he needs that thing that pushes him over the edge to get to that level. Dragon Ball Z fans knows that, you know, like you go Super Saiyan, you break through that glass ceilings when something mm-hmm. traumatic happens. Maybe this is that moment. Maybe this is that moment that actually raises him to the next level because he got complacent, because he mm-hmm. became an EVP, because he's working on the video game. But I know these damn Hawaiian shirts with Callus looking like a damn fool on TV. <laughs> Maybe this is the thing that gets him back to that thing that people love him for. And it starts with Rich Swan, winner of the belt. So, so in summation... I present to you that what's actually best for business is Rich Swan taking the belt back to Nashville. Be damned, Tony Khan, what your money says. He has the belt. <laughs> you don't have to run any ads anymore. 
We have your advertisement. It's the belt. And then, of course, who knows what happens at Double or Nothing when Kenny gets his rematch, as he rightfully should. Uh, Blood and Guts is coming up on Cinco de Mayo, which is two weeks, two, three weeks before the pay-per-view. So obviously that's full. So realistically, the next world championship match should be a pay-per-view. But that would be an interesting four weeks of promos, of crossover, of Rich Swan versus the people. Hmm. Everyone that said that he couldn't, everyone that said that he shouldn't, and everyone that never believed him or even recognized him as an actual champion can now hold both belts high and say, I told you so, bitches. <laughs> See you in Jacksonville on the 30th. Arrest my case. So let me ask this, Will, and I'm going to put it on you. And, and I know you're probably about to lean into this, but Will, when you go in and you do your rebuttal, I want you to make the case for the people. Why mm. is this more important for Kenny Omega to win this match? I don't, see, or, that's, or, where it, that's where it gets interesting. That's where it gets real interesting because we got a lot of layers here. Now, mm-hmm. as we talk about Rich Swan showing the people that he could be the champion and all that, part of that that jumps out at me right away is he'd be showing it to the people of AEW Dynamite that have never even seen him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not one single time, which I can't believe we're doing this match this weekend and this whole co-promotion. And the man didn't even get an appearance on the show. Not even dark, nothing, not even on their social media. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, there's the complete lack of promotion on AEW's part to make this match aware to their fan base is just so strange to me in so many ways. Okay. Let me ask you this. Um, Why is that AEW's fault to promote someone else's pay-per-view? Tony I, Khan I, made some questions with that, but we'll go ahead. I, I know you're about to hit I, on that. I get that point. I get that point. I can understand that, and Tony Khan has said that, and I can kind of understand that. But here's the thing. If this was just Omega going after the Impact title to try and get the Impact title, and the Impact title was the only title on the line, it would make more sense to me to do it that way. Where it's like, what do we care? We're just trying to get their belt. But both belts are on the line. It's title mm-hmm. versus title. Mm-hmm. So this is a title defense of the AEW championship. So like we're saying, if Rich Swan wins, he becomes AEW champion. Yep. So in the big picture, this should be a big deal. It should mean something. It should be a, of importance to the AEW audience and the whole lack of making it even on their radar in any kind of way outside of this one commercial that played last night. It's just a really odd scenario to me. And I get it from their perspective. The price. I mean, all I can think they want out of it. As we've talked about this for weeks, what is this relationship? What are they trying to get? Are they going to get the women involved? Are they going to get some other stuff involved? So all they've had is the good brothers. And other than that, I guess they want that belt. They want that belt on Kenny Omega for this belt collector gimmick. And other than that, they don't seem to give a damn about <laughs> anything else about that company. So they don't me- care about showing the wrestlers. They don't show about like promoting their show or the TV show or anything at all. So it's like to think that they're going to suddenly be, okay, let's do this thing with Rich Swan. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, it would make an interesting story. But to tell that story now, they'd have to come out of nowhere and just like next Wednesday come on the air and be like, um, we never mentioned this at all to you. 
the the title suddenly changed hands this weekend. We never mentioned it once. And it's, how they would tell it now would be very, very interesting. To me, yes, it would be an interesting story. Because the hand they're doing with Kenny is just... it's It feels flat. The heel shtick now. And I don't think the belt collector thing really, in the big picture, means much of anything. Because, like, I keep going back to this. If you want, if this is supposed to mean something, him winning the Impact title, then you need to promote the Impact title as something worth winning. Mm-hmm. What's the point of him showing up next week? He's got another belt in his shoulder, and Shivani just goes like, oh, by the way, Kenny gets another belt over the weekend. You know, it's like, the, the way they've chosen to go about this is incredibly weird to me. But... That's what they've done. That's what we're here. I mean, all all, there's, all Tony Khan has said this week is that he thinks it would be interesting mm. if Rich Swan were to win. So their investment in it is just, it doesn't add up to me. It, do, it doesn't add up. But I can't imagine a scenario where they don't go with their guy, where Kenny Omega, I mean, come on. They, they promote him as heaven and earth combined into one. So but that, that leads to my point, though. I think that everyone is kind of discrediting and, and, and you know, flat out disrespecting Rich Vaughn right. as a champion. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like whether he's because it's Impact and they can just kind of go back to Impact. Right. Or whether it's because he's Rich Swan and even though he's grinded his ass off on the indies and we know who he is, largely because he's local, largely because he came up in, in local promotions in Maryland. But but really, I mean, he's, he's done it all. You know, he, he's definitely done it all, and he's and he's grinded, and he's done it, and he's champ, as he should be. But for some people, you know, Rich Swan, it, it, it's like Boise State versus Florida. Right. You know, like, it doesn't matter how many wins Boise State has. Florida can just lose twice and still be Florida and get in. Yep. Boise State got to win 57 wins in a row. Sure. Florida can lose five games and still, and they'll be on the same plane. And that's kind of how it feels. So I think that if Swan wins, then cool. Now, as far as this whole belt collector gimmick and stuff like that, they can just pick that up back a month later at the pay-per-view in Jacksonville. Nobody said that Swan had to keep it. But here's my next point, because you you mentioned it twice, you know, Jamal, as far as that next pay-per-view that's coming in Jacksonville in May. What if, which I think it really happened, this match ends in some type of gimmick where it's not a clean finish and it's like a to-be-continued for May? So you don't have anybody lose essentially, but you don't have anybody win either. What well, does that the only, do for Rich Swan? Does that hurt or help him though? Well, that's the only that's the only thing that like um, would be kind of BS about it because if you say that, well, uh, if Kenny wins, then he's he's supposed to. He's Kenny. Like, what else did you expect? I expected nothing else but the Kenny to win. If Swan wins. Why? Oh my God! How did you, how did this happen? But if they call it a draw, maybe they go the time limit. Maybe um, the match is thrown out for some reason, or whatever. I mean, yeah, sure, you can still build off of that and then reset it for Jacksonville uh, at double or nothing. But realistically, they can just call it square, just like hey, we tried. It was a draw. Let's go home. Swan doesn't doesn't get devalued any more than he already was. Maybe. You have, um, you know, maybe you have Kenny go off and, and do his thing. I mean, he's the belt collector. Well, so what? Matt Hardy did that gimmick as well when they went around collecting. Plenty every, of people done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, so that's not really new. 
But what we what would be new is if we saw Swan come to Dynamite next Wednesday as the AEW champion. He opens the show with the belt, with both belts, or all three belts. I think Impact has two world championships mm-hmm. for okay, reasons. Steve. That's right, because they just modified. He has unified the former TNA title and the Impact oh, okay. title. Yeah. That whole thing, because Moose right. had the TNA title. Right, and, right, right, right. And we see what K Gate Wide Sixteen says. Swan should have shown up at least once on Dynamite beforehand. Do you think this is true, or is it more impactful to hold it if you make that big move and have them win I and go over? Think, I actually think they hold it, and and they they hold it, and and they do, and everybody is kind of stupefied, and then we see the people versus Rich Swan because it's yeah. like. Who is this guy? We know that we don't like Callus. We know that we don't like Kenny. We know that we don't like whatever. But who the hell is he? Yep. We've never seen him. Mm-hmm. He's never shown up. Don't know his right. name. So what if Rich Swan, babyface locker room leader, brings impact to Dynamite as the champion? Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be, we're already it'd be interesting. That, it would be interesting. And I'm not talking about in an invasion kind of a way. Right, uh, like right. you know, DX marching with NXT behind, or Triple H marching with NXT behind him, or <laughs> DX doing the thing in, in Virginia at the at the scope, um, invading uh, Nitro or whatever the hell it was. Um, I'm talking about like they just cold open. Now I'm presenting your AEW champion, Rich Swan, and they hit his music and they do the thing. He breaks dance to the ring, and the entire TNA locker room, well at least the faces, are behind him. I'm not saying that this has to start a Survivor Series-like thing, you know, further down the road, but you can sprinkle some seeds for that. I'm not saying this is, you know, us, you know, versus them in that, you know, the elite versus whatever TNA and the baby faces of AEW are, you know, I mean, but it creates a world of opportunities versus Kenny gets all the belts because he's Kenny. Right. Which is definitely, I mean, that, that seems the path everyone expects. It's the easier path, but the more interesting path easily would be right. they do the shocker and my God, somehow, some way Rich Swan wins it. Now, going back to the idea of do they do a non-finish and like pull something like that. Now, this match isn't happening in AEW. It's happening in Impact. But mm-hmm. I think coming off of being it still involves, you know, I think a huge draw of this whole show, the idea is, okay, we're going to have Kenny Omega on an Impact pay-per-view. So they're hoping to draw viewers of AEW, or people or at least who are fans of Kenny Omega, to watch this show. Mm-hmm. And I, would think, I would think coming off of the uh, dud of a bomb that we had on the last pay-per-view, I would not want to follow that up with a non-finish here and after all this and do like a schmoz where it's like, oh, guess what? We promised title versus title, but we're going to back our way out of that and kind of get out of that stipulation. So I wouldn't want to touch that. I think they got to have a winner one way or another as Damian G is joining us now to get us to a full house tonight on the big gold belt. We we are are in the middle of a case here, Damian. A case for Rich Swan as AEW champion and taking on the people of Dynamite. Ooh, uh, See? Okay. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, okay, but you Damien, know what? Damien, let me put this in first before you go in. So Crab just put Ooh. a great impact of what would happen if Swan was to win. And imagine if Swan entered in, you know, Dynamite as that champion. You open with him and how that really impacts. And we'll kind of put that, that side on, like what Tony Khan was saying. I'm not here to promote really another company. I'm really here trying to promote my company. We're mm-hmm. saying you good, sir. 
Okay, so I'm going to be honest here. I'm wanting Swan to shock the world here only because it'll melt down the internet, for one. And for two, it will build intrigue. What I've noticed about Kenny's reign on Dynamite so far is that, have you noticed the main events? They've been the TNT World, uh, the TNT Midcar Championship. Yep. It's been yep. Darby Allen matches. Yep. So, so for me, right now, your AEW Championship isn't even in the main event. Nope. Is it really going to matter if Kenny loses to Rich Swan at this pay-per-view? Because we, this is how I look at it. We've been saying long for AEW that Impact needed to be relevant for us to talk about them going forward. They've had a really solid roster from top to bottom for a while now. But my whole question is, and, and anyone can answer this, if Rich Swan wins, which I think is best for business long-term in wrestling, mm-hmm. Does this hurt AEW at all? I say no if Kenny is to lose transitionally to to Rich Swan because there must be a winner. This is a, a title unification match. Title so versus it, title. Yep. Title versus title. So does AEW lose anything by having Kenny lose at this stage if he's just going to get it back maybe one pay-per-view later? Or does Impact lose everything? by having their champion lose to AEW's champion, no matter what the accolades of New Japan are. Because face facts, there's a lot of American wrestling fans who don't really know Kenny's work history and don't really care about his work history. They're just seeing this weird hipster emo version of Kenny <laughs> Omega that's like fanboying over his own friends. Yeah, That's all we're getting. Disco not Kenny is not it for me. Exactly. And I'm with you on that, Jamal. So I guess for, that's my question is, does it really matter if Kenny loses the title big picture? I say no. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence here. I'm thinking, for one, if he does lose, the biggest headline that you would think as like a, just a common wrestling fan, your company started 18 months ago and you already lost your biggest prize. That to me could be a hurting piece to say, oh, you really are taking a big risk here from taking your prize possession, your world title from your own show and letting it go to another show. Are you going to lose momentum with that? Now, the rumblings and the talking about it, that may help, you know, AEW on that end. But when you think about your ultimate prize, that really is just leaving and going to another promotion. But then at the same time, it helps It helps Rich so much because you're plateauing this iconic moment for this individual wrestler that may, in a retrospect, kind of help both sides if he flips on, you know, both sides come from Impact to AEW. But only mm-hmm. thing I would say about AEW, do you lose something if you're losing your top prize of your company going to another wrestling promotion? But it's I not even being treated as the top prize. It's, it's being not, treated though. as it's a secondary not. prize. Well, but I'm sure... Here's the question, the direct response to that statement, does AEW lose something? If 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 Kenny does serve the indignity of losing to Rich Juan, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if he's heel anymore. He's now an embarrassment to the company. So it's because Tony Khan doesn't have an excuse anymore. He can't hide behind Kenny Omega being Kenny Omega. The Young Bucks and the Elite don't have the excuse anymore of pandering to this asshole and all of this foolishness <laughs> in a grip. Uh, bottom line <laughs> is, is that if Kenny loses the loss would be bigger to him as it would be equally impactful to Swan on the up because Kenny's not supposed to lose. I mean, Kenny's supposed to be the 72 Bulls. He's supposed to be the Warriors from a few years ago that mm-hmm. won seven three games. He's not supposed to lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers from the 80s. 
I mean, he's supposed to do it all. I mean, yeah, this match may go 15 minutes, it may go 20. Sure, he'll put on a good show. But nobody's given, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. If Kenny's going to win, he's going to collect all the belts like Thanos. The memes have already started. Mm-hmm. So when he loses, and I think he should lose, what does that mean for him to get it back? Which starts the rematch, but the bottom line is, is that that four-week bill between the 25th or the, the Dynamite after, which is the 28th or 29th, Mm-hmm. to the 30th of May is the redemption of Kenny Omega as something more than the person that lost the belt and embarrassed AEW. Because now that puts Darby Allen, at least at the moment, the only male champion in AEW. Yep, the yep. only male single champion in AEW. That improves his stock. Everybody that's chasing after that belt, that improves his stock. Because now, Kenny lost to Rich Swan, assuming that's a bad thing. Right. Darby's now the guy. And he can say that confidently because he's wearing his belt. I, I think it, there's right. a lot going on. And as we saw that Kenny was kind of on this, you know, downward spiral of manic depressiveness or whatever the hell he was doing a couple months ago before Callis came along. Um, mm-hmm. That may send him deeper down that rabbit hole into some just assassin mode that gets him back on the warpath. And that's what it seems that people want from Japan. They want the Terminator. They want the T-1000, Kenny, that's going to kill everything that moves. We haven't seen that in AEW. And maybe by losing the, right, and maybe by losing the belt, we get a chance to see that come all out in in September. This could be the summer of Kenny because Mm -hmm. Rich Swan pushed him. Hmm. Mm. I guess he use Rich Swan as the transformation to get to the catalyst. next stage. Rich Swan is the all spark and Yasley. Right. <laughs> but is that fair to Rich Swan though? I'm, 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 I want you to go ahead. But is that fair to Rich Swan? Because this can be the moment for him to propel himself. But now he's going to be a stepping stone in a way if you're trying well, to use that. But, well, well impact is a stepping stone this entire time. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. In the end, here. It's all about them getting what rub they can out of this. And in the end, they're going to end up back at impact. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the worst case scenario that I'm worried about with this whole belt collector gimmick is that Kenny's going to end up with all these belts and then we're going to learn, get tied up in that whole game where it becomes, well, uh, he he can't lose those. And eventually he never drops them back. He just ends up like eventually they get vacated or something. And Kenny right. never like actually drops the belts back to, between AAA, Impact, whatever. To me, that's the worst scenario of all. If he just gets all these belts and that happens. If we get some deal where like it's a one month little exchange, you do this thing with Swan, he gets the belt, the AEW belt back from him, turns into a higher form of Kenny or whatever, turns into the Terminator, turns into the cleaner. And then we end up with the with uh, Swan departing with the Impact title again back there, that's probably the best case scenario you can get out of this because you know darn well they're they're not just going to have Kenny getting beat clean out of this and just that's it. And we go on. The best, the best it can be is a, like a one-month little detour. And then we split, we go back to normal, Impact carries on to be an Impact, AEW carries on being AEW, and right. you have this little diversion and you hope you get something out of it. But... Yeah, we're we're gonna see the the, yeah. the the way this is built. It's been really, I think there's a lot of concern, mm-hmm. but I'm very curious to see what they do Sunday now. But God, the, the case has been made tonight on here. Rich and, Swan, AEW champion. I like it. Put him <laughs> in the video game. 
<laughs> Indeed. Anybody with last thoughts before we wrap up and go to our, our next topic? Uh, so, yeah, one you know, quick thing. I mm-hmm. just hope – I think we can all agree on whether or not whoever side wins is that there, A, should be a winner, um, a, a definitive winner, and B, don't let this shit into the draw. That, that's that's that's, like, that, that's, that's what, what I was saying. That's what I've been worried about. Yeah, yeah Damien, yeah. you missed that part. I brought that in because what if you do it as a drag one to make it a storyline to the May pay per view? You know, for uh, for AEW. I mean, that's four more weeks of wasted time if you're going to do that and end it in like some unclean. I mean, unclean finish or some dirty finish and it's no winner essentially. Yeah, does that hurt? But yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's just not that's just not ending a draw. Whatever happens, happens, and we move on from it. I personally think the Swan is best for business, and you know because there's so many different things. I don't know why wrestling fans are so hell bent on wrestling being predictable, and then complain about the predictability of wrestling. <laughs> exactly, it's more important that their fantasy booking be fulfilled than to get an interesting story. That's I told you, show you should have yep. tried harder to convince me that I shouldn't be. You know, like <laughs> exactly, why? exactly. We will see this Sunday at TNA at Impact, not TNA. Ah, Impact. see, look at Rip that. Down. That's another reason. Oh, that's another reason. The old habits die hard. We'll find out what happens at Impact Rebellion this weekend. So we're going to go to commercial, and then we will be back with our next topic. Stay tuned, folks. Big Gold Belt Podcast is keeping it rolling here tonight. This episode of the Big Gold Belt Podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected to the advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the Big Gold Bell podcast in the section titled, How Did You Hear About Podgo? in the application. All right, we are back and we are rolling on here tonight. It's I guess now are we are we gonna start talking money? Are we gonna start talking business? Money, 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 money. What are money. we getting into next year? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, but we're gonna make this quick because some some interesting developments are happening. I really want to get going on to, but uh, oh, the short we story talk about some uh, some 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 trash bags. It's about some trash bags. There's been an update it's on trash parting gifts. Parting the, gifts. That's parting gifts. Is. There we go. Now let's jump yeah. into this. This has been an interesting story. Uh, yeah. I mean, so the, so the, we'll get into that in a second uh, because Eva Lee has something to say, which is pretty interesting. Oh. Um, right. So there is that. But WDE had their uh, earnings call earlier today. And the long and short of it is, is that they spent um, some highlights, actually. Mm-hmm. They spent $80 million on the WrestleMania set, basically, mm. which Ooh. makes which makes sense. Um, they build made a boat. Two, it wasn't waterproof. They built Noah's freaking ark, and <laughs> the, the graphics what they did with the upper level of the stadium turned it into one giant stadium sized monitor. It was cool. Uh, the set was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, kudos to them. They got their money got their money's worth of pyro, the fireworks, you know, all of it. Good on them. Um, another uh, good highlight was that they spent more last year on production or last quarter on production now the quarter goes up until march 31st basically from the beginning of the year to march 31st and then uh through the four sections of the year so wrestlemania didn't necessarily factor in to these numbers uh but they made 263 million dollars on in their first quarter which is not surprising um they did spend a little bit more money 
which is not surprising. Uh, yeah, that $263 million is a lot, but it is down, uh, you know, from last year, which is also not surprising. But, yeah, it's um, it, it's interesting that they're still maintaining. And then, of course, the Peacock deal definitely helps. And then there's some other words that they have done. Um, they're trying to do what they did with Peacock in the U.S. with other places. So that means that the WWE Network depending on your location, may not be available to you anymore. Uh, that could be a thing that's happening. You may have to subscribe to whatever the UK has with the, you know, with Sky View or something like that. Or in Australia, you may have to subscribe to Telstra or something like that. Um, that's just some of the rumors that are coming out of this. But it, if Peacock were able to give them a billion dollars for the network, basically, um, someone else would in a bigger market yeah, I can see that happening with like Star India or something like that. You know, just basically front loading the network on their platform. Um, another interesting thing was that apparently WWE is partnered with Crunchyroll to develop mm-hmm. an anime series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Involved. Yeah, I don't know what that means exactly. Obviously, Camp WWE was a thing way back when. Yep. Not exactly what I consider when I consider anime. So. Unless we have like the Undertaker dropping, you know, literally raising the dead, or John Cena in Attack on Titan, I'm not really sure what to make of this because it could be anything and everything. Uh, I would love to see a WWE version of like the Prince of Tennis or Coral Basketball, but also a WWE version of Mob Psycho 100 would be interesting as well. So who knows what. This was what this is going to be, but WWE's partner with Crunchyroll to develop a anime series is is probably the weirdest thing I've seen today. Until somebody tweeted a bag of trash. <laughs> literally a bag of trash. It's literally with the name on it. Uh, with the name on it. So who? And tweeted? it came in a box. It came in the mail. Well, I mean, obviously they're not heathens. <laughs> they're not just going to send it. You know. Un- unpackaged, they have to put it in a box. So, Mickey James was released on Future Endeavors Day on the 15th. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they sent her uh, belongings, whatever she had, wherever she had it, uh, to her in a trash bag in a box. <laughs> and we're talking about like an actual hefty bag type of trash bag in a really shitty box. It's not even one of those good U-Haul boxes. It's like one they got from catering that like a box of straws came in. It's ridiculous. So uh, Mickey tweets, Dear Vince McMahon, I'm not sure if you're aware. I did receive my WWE care package today. Thank you. Always blessed and always grateful. Women's Wrestling Matters. Uh, Big kiss emoji. Good on you, Mickey. Stephanie McMahon tweeted uh, about 20 minutes ago. I'm embarrassed... No, I am embarrassed you or anyone else will be treated this way. I apologize personally, and on behalf of WWE, the person responsible is no longer with this company. Triple H tweets uh, about 10 minutes before that, upon learning of the disrespectful treatment of some of our recently released talent received on behalf of the company, we took immediate action. The person responsible for this inconsiderate action has been fired and is no longer with WWE. Eva Lee's... <laughs> Uh-oh. Tweets: The lack of care and respect for women's ve- for female veterans in this business right now is heartbreaking. 
someone tweets to her, you refuse to sell because they were putting someone else over. You're not a veteran or a professional. She responds to that. No, I was in shock. She, Rosa, had the nerve to pull the same thing she did in Lucha Underground. Shoot strike me. Once again, speaking of things you know nothing of. I'm not saying that I'm picking a side with Eva Lee and Rosa. There's definitely a history. Yes. I'm also saying that the stories are pretty consistent. And Eva Lee has been right once in other issues. I'm willing to hear her out. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> that I'm willing to hear her out because it does look like, and we'll get back to WWE in a second. Um, Rosa has more equity, more value rather than Ivelisse. She's funded most of the women's division on Dark with her Mission Pro students and trainees and people that come through there. Mm-hmm. She literally runs a women's, uh, you know, wrestling school and business. Yes. Ivelisse does not. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So. The long and short of it is, is that if you had to pick a person, it doesn't really matter if Rose is right. Eva Lee could be right as well, but Rosa carries more weight because of what she brings to the table. So Eva Lee has got to go, right or wrong. As far as WWE goes, do you think? And this is a question for you guys: Do you think that it is um, more impactful to tweet this publicly than to just call her and say? You've taken care of it privately and to make sure that this doesn't happen again, because just apologizing to Mickey doesn't solve the issue of how did this happen? And this and I'm right. willing to assume that this didn't just happen to her. Probably right. not. You would, you would think so. Since Mickey went public with it and made right. it such a public thing today, I think something public had to be said in response because people are just raking them over the coals for this. I mean, God, you got people out there thinking that Vince himself, like, packed this box yeah, up. Right. Vince put it in an Uber. He <laughs> put it in an Uber and, and shipped it off from Connecticut. Yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, let, let's be realistic. Some random intern or somebody working there in the back threw that together and made this huge snafu and normally i think i'm i started thinking about I was like this wouldn't normally happen anyway because normally everyone would be traveling town to town they'd be keeping their own gear with them you know they wouldn't be staying in one place so i'm guessing mm-hmm. it's probably a situation where since they have the thunderdome mm-hmm. they're staying in one location maybe they got like a little locker room set up there for everybody everyone kind of has their own little space to mm-hmm. keep stuff there because they have a residency that's and the not stadium the, was still, the stadium was big enough for, for that yeah. Uh, at Tropicana Field. I mean, it's a baseball stadium. So they only yeah. used basically the infield, and then the rest of it was whatever they needed to do with it. Yep. So, yeah. but now the question is, were they, I mean, we know that some people weren't, you know, allowed, not necessarily allowed in the building, but we know that some people weren't at WrestleMania uh, because they were fired and didn't know. Uh, we know that some people, you know, were there as um, when Vince uh, did his speech. And they were told to show up in their gear and never use on the show uh, after that. Um, but with this one in particular, you will get at least get, one would think that you would be given the chance to clean out your stuff yourself, your right. desk, your cubicle, your locker, or whatever it is. But for somebody to unceremoniously dump it in a trash bag and mail it to you is that's that's like a new level, regardless of who it is. And luckily, it's a person with clout that made this story. Uh, bigger because if Mojo had tweeted this, I don't know if it would have the same impact. 
even right. though it's just as bad because it's Mojo. That so, said, so, go ahead. So I was about to say, let me ask this too, because I'm thinking of two parts to this. So I'm thinking of, you said somebody got fired immediately because of their actions, right? But do you think mm-hmm. the person that did the action got fired or whoever told them to do the action it got fired? Really I think happened. somebody told him or her to do those actions. I wouldn't think that somebody would naturally, no. you know, go ahead, Damien. Yeah. In sports, typically the equipment manager has interns that handle cleanup and stuff. Correct. But it's usually it's usually the equipment manager that gives the okay, saying, "Okay, let's uh, let's clear this locker room out." Yep. So typically, I'm I'm thinking it was an intern that packed the bag, and someone in production, or someone like let's say not Kevin Dunn ish, but someone in that vein. Yep. Said, you know what, intern, do this. Yep. And they did it. Yeah. They didn't realize probably it was Mickey James's stuff. They just packed the bag and somebody else put the sticker on it, and mailed it on out. Yeah. So I think the middle level management or the, uh, the upper level management person that did that got canned. I wouldn't can a poor intern that was just doing their job or some low level totem pole person. Right. Who is who the just supervisor? Orders. Right. right. Who who is the supervisor who gave the order? That's the thing. Correct. Now the other scenario here, of course, you know, the internet's running wild with speculation. And so of course you automatically got people thinking like, oh, she must have pissed somebody off and this mm. was their way of getting back at her. So who who knows? But either way, it's not professional. It's not professional, but it's it, it's a weird situation. I, I I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, probably best case scenario, they would have thrown the stuff in a FedEx box. And just sent the FedEx box. It would have came mm-hmm. like that. Worst case scenario, she don't get it back at all. They just be like, "Hey, it's, you need to take care of your own darn stuff. We ain't got time for this." And it was just thrown in the dumpster or something, you know, cleaning out the stadium. Or they would have claimed it got lost in the move with the Thunderdome moving from Tropicana to where they are now, something like that. So she did get her stuff back at least. It could have been worse, but it's definitely messy. It's definitely messy, and she definitely put them on blast for it. So, yeah, I think it comes down to who was the supervisor of whoever packed it up and sent it out. That's That's where the fault lies, is at that level. So you would hope that's who got the axe. And maybe there's a little bit of an investigation going on of a... What exactly is going on in the back there? That there's this kind of drama well, or lack of thought being put into things, I guess. So the reason why I ask about the authenticity of the response from Triple H and Stephanie McMahon is because I don't think that this is a one-off incident where somebody went, oh, here's a bunch of tights, um, or, or we're just going to randomly clean out lockers. Uh, you know, they sent in the trash brigade with their boxes and their trash bags, and they had their packing tape, and they were shipping that shit out. And I think that that is standard operating procedure. Mm. Now, because this happened to the wrong person on the right day, who had to clout to tweet about it and go, this is fucked up. And it is. Um, you you know, because I don't think, and at this point in her career, Mickey James doesn't have to give a shit about what WWE does anymore. She got nothing um, to lose. Yeah, yeah, she has nothing to lose by tweeting that. But if you are a Drew McIntyre five years ago, oh, do you're you... Done. That's a that's a thing that you do to burn a bridge. Yeah. Now, if you're Mickey James, if you're Dean Ambrose, if you are, you know, uh, many of the other guys uh, that were in WWE that have left. If you're Cody, fuck the bridge. I blow it up myself. Right. But if you're if you're and if you are a guy that's looking to come back or maybe keep all your options open, I don't think Kurt Angle tweets this picture. 
I don't think yeah, you want that Legends team. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we'll I don't think Mark, back. Not more. Not anytime I soon. Yeah, I'm all about that. Um, but I don't think uh, Jericho tweets this picture. Uh, I don't think Kurt Angle tweets this picture. But Mickey doesn't have to give a fuck, and and she's pissed and rightfully so. And then she did a thing. So, but I also think that this is more of the culture of if you're gone, you're gone. And WWE has definitely exhibited that in the past, where once you leave the bubble, you are persona non grata. Yep. Unless you actually die in a non-wrestling related injury, um, where they kind of have to say something like Brody Lee. But other than that, if you're gone, you're done. Right. They are forever moving forward. They are right. not looking in the rear view. That that that's who they are. That's what. Yeah. That does not surprise me in the least bit that they would handle it that way. But. Yeah, I mean, nor- I think that I keep going back to my head is like that. Normally, this wouldn't probably be an issue because people would just they would keep their stuff with them. They're not set up anywhere, so it's probably a little bit different of a situation. If unless maybe it's more comparable to them having a lost and found like backstage, where like as they're moving from town to town, where random crap gets like left around, and maybe they collect it and hold on to stuff for a bit. Yeah, you know I mean, it has, to, I think, it has to happen, I would think. And also, we don't know what the contents are. Yeah, it's not like, yeah. because obviously there's a difference between her ring gear and some sweatpants and some headbands and right. stuff like that yeah. that's not descriptive. Yeah, right. I mean, they yeah. could have just cleaned out her locker of random stuff, which could have been anything from athletic tape to yeah. an old iPod to whatever, put it in a pretty decent-sized box and mm-hmm. sent yeah. it off. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it had to be done that way. Uh, but because they could have just said, like, hey, come get your shit. <laughs> like, yeah, this is your clean out day. Uh, you're already fired, but this is the day that you have between one and three to clean your shit. I mean, like, there are a number of different ways that they can do that, but instead, they did the box. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, and, and, and good on them because everybody, Chris Jericho just tweeted out classy. Uh, so, <laughs> the pilot on begins. There you go. It's run. It's run its course. Someone got fired, so now it's just everyone's gonna get their everyone's gonna lob in their two cents yep. to, to get their tweets off about it. So well, it'll be done I was by lo- morning. I, I was looking at Bixpen and Sean Rossap. They're they're going at. They're going in. They want to know who the hell it was. Like uh-huh. the person that gave the executive order. Like Colonel. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking. Feel, like who did this? Right. I don't think it's just some intern that said, "Yo, I got a box and five minutes to kill." I right. really do think that that somebody, somebody yeah, yeah, this was a supervisor role, a supervisory role that he said, like, all right, clean up day. Now, let me throw this in there really quickly, because I know we're got to still move on our third topic in the news. Did you guys feel like maybe this was like some type of hatred against women wrestling and disrespect towards a woman wrestler? Well, I can't say that because we don't know who el- whoever they did. Who was Mickey was only, yeah, you. Mickey was the only person that spoke up because, yeah, yeah. you know, did Chelsea Green get a box? Is she still waiting for a box? Yeah, did, did Mojo get a Is box? It in the mail. Yeah, right. I mean, where are the tracking numbers? You know, yeah, can, can we get some tracking numbers? Like, who knows? I think that's exactly it. The fact that Mickey was the first one to talk about it, it people have automatically said it's a slight against women's wrestling. And it's a slight against the legend, sure, but at the same token, it's we didn't know if it would have been Mojo or somebody else or, like, if the Colognes ever got their stuff sent to Puerto Rico. You know, they didn't talk about it, so we wouldn't have known. So I don't think this is strictly about targeting women's wrestling. I think it just happened to be a legend that it got to mm-hmm. first or wanted to speak about it. That's all. Yeah, it's either that or maybe there's like some personal thing involved, you know, like yeah. people were speculating. Since it does have her, the bag did have her name on it. 
So we know it was personally labeled for her. She didn't get because a bag that happened to have her stuff on it. It did have part her of the name. system. Yeah. Yeah, you don't just do that randomly. It's a part of the system. Somebody had a roll of tape, a pen, bag, box, did a thing. Yeah. And they sent it down to the mailroom for shipping. Uh, <laughs> I, I really do believe this is part of the system and, and she was the first one to call him out on it. Yeah. Well, we will see. We will yep. see if anything more comes of that before the end of the weekend. You never know. Exciting times. And if there wasn't enough wrestling already out there, if there wasn't already wrestling every night of the week and from every company, everywhere, internationally, independent, however you want to call it, we're going to have even more, folks. We're going to have even more. But I am excited about this because the news broke this week that MLW as we've known, they've been they relaunched a little bit ago, got the show on YouTube and all that. They are coming to Vice TV. Mm. And being that's the home of Dark Side of the Ring, there's already a wrestling presence on there. I, if anything, I am super impressed they landed at such a powerful uh, spot. It's definitely a prime spot. I mean, and for me personally, it's a channel I have. As I always joke about that, I can't watch Impact unless I watch it on Twitch because I cannot get access here. So I already got one up on there that it's a channel that I physically already have. So that's very cool and exciting right there. But what do we think about this? It's another show. But they already had a show, but now it's a show on a bigger platform Mm -hmm. and they're going to have exposure now. And I guess they're going to come back in July at ECW Arena or 2300 arena as they're calling it nowadays, but they are definitely, uh, coming and, uh, putting the next foot forward to grow MLW as a brand in 2021. Uh, I like it. Um, I really have, don't really check out MLW too often. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this differs from their normal YouTube content to the television content. Uh, what does this mean for vice? Obviously, you know, each network has expectations of their product. Will Vice have any input into how this looks? Will uh, will they want their uh, MLW brand to fit Vice's aesthetic? I don't have cable. I don't. I've never watched Vice before, so I don't really know what they do. Um, I know they. I know of their documentaries, but I don't know what their cable channel is about. So maybe MLW tweaks their uh, existence to fit the Vice brand a little bit better. Who knows? It's definitely going to be interesting to see. Um, and just as a channel for Vice in general, what they're going to do to continue to build up their content, like getting MOW on there. I'm just excited to see what they're going to do to continue to do that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll just see how it happens. Hopefully they'll get a chance to keep building. I've never been a big fan of MLW. I've seen them a couple of times in person. Jacob Batu is probably one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet outside of MLW. Uh, <laughs> but we get to finally see, you know, Conrad's love bug come to fruition on a grander scale. Uh, I think this will be good for people like Hammerstone. Uh, you know, down here, the Von Erics are, are godsend. So more people get to watch the Von Erics. So Texas folk... <laughs> Are, are probably jumping in their overalls right now. But aside from that, it's not going to get me to tune in. I'm more interested uh, on just Vice's foray into wrestling overall. Like, what mm-hmm. is this going to do for them long term? We talked about Dark yep, Side exactly. of the Ring. Now right, they have exactly. MLW. Right. What other moves are they trying to make in the, res- in the wrestling production or just content realm that might make them a player going right. forward? 
Network and that's wise. where this get that's where this story gets interesting because when the announcement was made this week, it came out that they didn't just talk to MLW; they were looking to add wrestling content, and mm-hmm. they also talked to New Japan, who we know recently made that Roku channel deal that all of us just scratched our heads at as just like the Roku channel, mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> but apparently. They were in talks to get this deal that MLW now has on Vice, and for whatever reason, New Japan didn't get it. So who who knows what the, you know? We don't have any idea what the deal is here. They haven't even said what day it's going to be on yet or a time. We just know it's happening this spring is the extent of the announcement. But I'm really curious now. Why did New Japan turn this down mm-hmm. and instead, or or you know, didn't get it for whatever reason? Who knows if they did get a chance to turn it down, but that they went with MLW instead? I mean, what is it? What I do know, I mean, I I love the Dark Side of the Ring series. It's awesome. It's great. Same. What's What's been wild about it is that show has done the best of anything on Vice. So it is their number one rated show compared to everything, all their documentaries and stuff they have on there. For whatever reason, Dark Side of the Ring has taken over that channel. It's their number mm-hmm. one thing they have. So they are definitely interested, I guess, in expanding their wrestling offerings. And this is the first step, I guess, in doing that. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be real interesting to see one, what the show is. Is it the, still the same old presentation of MLW where they try to present a more serious product co- combat sport? They like to refer to it as where, you know, there's a lot less of the, the Gaga of pro wrestling on MLW from the little bit I've seen of it recently, which I do like in that respect that it sets them apart. It has a different presentation. So mm-hmm. if they still follow that model or if they end up having to change it up, we'll see. I do like what John Mall was saying, where it's like, is Vice going to have a, a hand in what MLW is on their network? Or they get to continue being MLW. We'll see when it happens. But another night of wrestling, another show to keep track of. So one thing's for sure, we will have no shortage of a, wrestling to talk about on here as we uh the weeks go by it just never ends and dark side of the ring just to put a plug in Mm -hmm. premieres may 6th yeah it's coming soon brian pillman part one so that's definitely gonna be looking forward to like you said you know what's vice channel going to build up to anything we got left on that you would think last time we get here before we go to news and Mm -hmm. notes you would think to me if dark side of the ring is your number one show I'd want to get MLW on right damn after it. Ooh, Makes no right. sense to me. It's like you'd want to use lead that in, as a lead, lead in. Lead at, in least lead to, at least mm-hmm. to, at least to get it off the ground, you know, have it come on right after. So that makes the most sense to me, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll stay tuned on that and let you know when we hear what's up. Do we have news and notes this week, Jamal? Uh, I, I got a few. Uh, so the first thing is, is that by Dave Bryan, uh, he says that I quote, my contract is up soon. We need to figure out what a good balance between home life and wrestling. I never want to stop wrestling. I love it. It's just figuring that out. Now, he said this at a meet and greet session prior to WrestleMania 37, and this is according to FIFA. Um, Apparently, Brian's contract is reportedly up in September. Brian also said, and I quote, it'd be interesting if I can wrestle in different companies and WWE. That's actually something I've been trying to weasel my way into right now. I'm just saying... And we've said this. We said this before. Um, when when NXT went to TV, how do they do it? How do they come through and kick ass on and differentiate self, themselves from AEW? And that's send down your Bryan to NXT. 
And they were, at the time, there were a bunch of uh, different views that they could have your partner mm-hmm. with. But imagine if Daniel Bryan shows up literally anywhere. Pick a show in the world. I don't care. He shows up anywhere. Doesn't matter if he's champion or not. It's automatically a big deal. So hopefully, not likely, but hopefully he is able to uh, get that done. Um, speaking of showing up somewhere, in AEW would kind of be a good idea because they cracked another million. They only lost 125,000 people compared to last week. Um, and they're at 1.104 million for this week. Uh, what will be interesting is that Cody wasn't on the show. Mm-hmm. Moxley and Eddie Kingston were barely on the show in like one two-minute promo that didn't make sense. Um, Jericho had his moment. MJF had his moment. But the rest of the show, as far as the matches go, Darby and Jungle Boy was the main event. Hangman uh, led off the show. They're using mm-hmm. a lot of their you know, homegrown stars, so to speak, to come through and, and carry the load. And it's refreshing to see that they can do that and still maintain such a high water mark, um, you know, over a million for consecutive weeks in a row. Uh, so good on them and keep it up. But then, of course, what does that mean? So it obviously means that, you know, future proof, maybe. But then what happens when you start to reinvest in Kenny, Cody, and and Moxley all over again? So it'll be interesting to see how well it's worked uh, running on the post. NXT was over 840000 Again, I think they're in the mid-20s this week. Uh, but obviously, that has been good for their relationship um, as they've been able to boost their profile with more ratings. Uh, Blood and Guts comes up May 5th. We know that. What's being reported, at least according to the Big Daddy Dave Meltzer, is that, um, yeah, so take it for what it's worth, is that, that Blood and Guts could be <laughs> one match. Right. So the two-hour show that is Dynamite could be just the one Blood and Guts match. It would be interesting to see how that looks from a television perspective. Would they have extended commercial breaks or, uh, you know, limited commercial breaks? You know, how would that work? Should they, and this is, you know, I think we said this last week, should they have had like just a $10 pay-per-view that featured this match and maybe two others? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that, you know, progresses a feud, uh, a woman's match and another singles match. And if this match is an hour, it's a 90 minute event. Right. You don't really need to do that. That's only three matches. You don't really need to do too much. Maybe you make a little bit of money on it. Maybe you run a live event, but they're putting it on TV. It will be interesting to see how that show looks from like a program and aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the, the damnedest thing. Uh, yeah, Ring of Honor right, actually right, right, right quick for we for we yeah. got blood and guts because I think we, they were talking about with the ratings still looking really good, staying over a million in all this. Mm-hmm. When we talked about it last week. I was pointing to the week coming up. This coming Wednesday will be the go home show for Blood and Guts. I'm really yes. curious to see that. That's the number I'm focusing on because we're going to be three weeks into this unopposed battle. It's not the hyped up Blood and Guts show, so I want to see if they stay kind of right where they are. You know. And at this level, if they stay here, if they improve a little bit, they bounce back some, or if they stay where they are, that's perfectly good. A lot of people are focusing on blood and guts. It's like, oh, that that's the show it's gonna they're gonna kill it on that show. They're gonna get yeah. like one point five million, they're gonna have a huge bump. The wild card that the wild I've been seeing a lot of people saying that. I had people yeah. saying it to me tonight. Why? Well, here's the thing, and that's the thing. The wild card people are forgetting is Cinco de Mayo. 
And you got people who are vaxxed. You got people that are vaxxed up. They've been cooped up in their house. And AEW, we know, has a young audience. I think there's a very good chance people are going to be out that night. Mm. Blood and guts be damned. I think people are going to be like, it's Cinco de Mayo. I got my shot. I'm going to go out and get some shots. (laughs) That maybe the name Blood and Guts may turn people away. Um, not because they haven't really explained what it is, and no, they already they're assuming had, you know, right? They've already had a death match in, in the in the uh, in, in canon, and now they're having blood and guts. And if mm. you don't know what that is, you are probably grossed out and pretty confused. Now, if we, we can't call it war games for legal reasons, but that's what it is, basically. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. If obviously they need to explain what blood and guts is, and maybe obviously they'll do that next week as the pinnacle and, and inner circle have another um, dust up next week. But yeah, that's the show. Now the reason why I think that next week is is kind of like a number that's going to be heavily inflated is because if I'm right and Rich Swan wins, that's next week is the show to watch. Mm-hmm. If if that's I'm true. right. Um, and, 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 and Swan wins, you have that plus the blood and guts, uh, go home. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's definitely a point of interest. Um, on the other side of that, uh, you do have, they've hinted at Moxley and King and Kingston coming back doing their buddy cop romance thing. Um, so it, it, it is a thing. That's why this week without Mike Tyson, Without, um, you know, major stars, the foundation of AEW, so to speak, being there, they still were able to hold that, you know, rating that they had to some degree. Um, But next week is going to be very interesting, especially if anything interesting happens at the pay-per-view this Sunday. So uh, two things. Um, Apparently, UFC 261 is this weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're having uh, it sold out, and I don't mean sold out socially distanced. I mean fifteen thousand fans Full are coming yeah. to Jacksonville. It's a full house don't care. <laughs> at the uh, Visa uh, V Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, and it is damn sold out. Apparently, the quickest sellout of any UFC show, period, according to this article I'm reading from BloodyElbow.com and Forbes. Um, obviously this is troubling, um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, we have been having sold out, not sold out, but we've had large crowds at large at other events around the country. Um, you know, the Texas Rangers are averaging 28,000. I think I can't believe that for no reason, but the, but Houston's averaging 22,000, um, up in Denver, they're averaging 18,000 a game. Um, in Phoenix, I think they're averaging 11,000 a game. So we're definitely seeing people in stands in decent to large-sized numbers. So UFC pulling 15,000 in a sellout in Jacksonville is interesting because it's Jacksonville, which means that this place is a block from Daly's Place. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan only has 5,500 seats in Daly's Place. Obviously, fans in Jacksonville are willing to go to events and sell it out. Obviously, people from around the region or country are willing to fly to Jacksonville to go to an event and sell it out. 
it'd be interesting to see if this is kind of the litmus test for AEW specifically, because Mm -hmm. it's the builder next door, to see how you do that as a test for an arena of the size that they would normally run anyway. Mm -hmm. AEW is running the garden. They're running 12 to 15,000 seat stadiums. At least they were before the song started. So I think if that event goes well, um, I don't really know the particulars of like the COVID protocol per the event, per the building, but if the event goes well, I wonder if that will kind of be a nudge to Tony Khan to do a thing and speed up your um, capacity restrictions sooner than later. They have these places having a full capacity show in that building uh, next within the next two weeks. I forget which day, but Machine Gun Kelly's come to town and apparently people want to see him. So there's that's that's sold out. And that's going to be 5,000 fans. So if they can do it for MGK, they can do it for AEW. And it will be interesting to see what that looks like when that happens. But BloodyElbow.com has a pretty good article about the political ramifications of the UFC coming to Jacksonville and why that Mm. man, apparently Joe Rogan, Dana White, big fans of Governor DeSantis. I'm Um, sure. Yeah, so not going to bore you with those details, but uh, BloodyElbow.com had a really good article about that. Um, Another non-wrestling-related thing is, of course, that the XFL, we were talking about this recently, apparently in the Mm -hmm. CFL, the Canadian Football League has kind of come out with some uh, words about this potential uh, partnership with the XFL. Apparently, they're a long way away from what the partnerships uh, could be, which is interesting, because the XFL has a plan, a path to go forward next season next year. The CFL apparently does not have their marketing structure really relies on live crowds. They don't have the billion dollar uh, television rights deal in in Canada like the NFL does. They don't have the billion dollar sponsorships like the NFL does up there in Canada. So they really need live crowds. Canada's locked down. Again, there are three teams in Ontario. There are nine teams in the league. A third of their league can't play. Hmm. So what would that mean for the CFL if they were to merge with the XFL? That would be what I would want to see because, you know, 22-team league would be kind of cool, not necessarily to compete with the NFL, but football. Um, But making that work would be very interesting. So, and which could also push back the XFL season, which, of course, is – owned by The Rock and his business partner. So it's going to be a very interesting six months for the CFL to see if they start on time in August and the XFL to see if they start on time sometime next spring. Uh, the early word is that they could start within weeks after the Super Bowl. Um, but that's a long way away from now. Uh, coming up this week, uh, New Japan. I mean, not New Japan, but yeah, they have shows. But Ring of Honor, episode 501, is actually premiering right now as we speak on hmm. Stir. I'm totally not watching it on the other half of my monitor. But, <laughs> um, but of course, they have shows all over the weekend. But if you need a time and you don't get Ring of Honor over the air in your area in the U.S., stir.com, S-T-I-R-R, it's a over-the-top streaming platform similar to Pluto, but it's run by Sinclair Broadcasting. So channel 357 uh. on stir is called Best in the Planet. And that is Ring of Honor's 24-hour streaming channel. And on Thursdays at 9, they premiere their latest episode. And it will run again 
Uh, it will run again, but it premieres Thursday at 9. Uh, WXW has a show, Real Love Wrestling, that is also, that's tomorrow. Uh, New Japan has their Road to Wrestling, Don, no, Road to Wrestling Dontaku. That's tomorrow. SmackDown's tomorrow. Uh, Can't Leave for August tomorrow. New Japan Strong, episode 37 is tomorrow. Um, AEW, they have a live taping in uh, the Chicago area on, on Saturday. Progress has a show on Saturday. And then, of course, Impact Wrestling Rebellion in Nashville on Sunday. That's going to be interesting to see what that leads to because we could be speaking about some history being made this time next week. Mm-hmm. Coming after the pay-per-view, after the Dynamite, which sees Rich Swan as AEW champion. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers Not crossed. One can hope. <laughs> but that's the news for this week. There we go. Is there anything else, folks, before we call it a night and head over to Stir for Ring of Honor? Who They need to get the word out about these things, all these services that you can check these things out on, especially if they're free. Got to let people know. I had no idea about Stir. <laughs> uh, just, just really quick. I know a lot of our viewers and listeners don't like when I go to – over and over about women's wrestling. Oh, go watch NXT women's wrestling. <laughs> that roster, holy crap! From top to bottom, if your worst wrestler on the roster is Aaliyah by a country <laughs> mile, and your your lower tier is Zoe Stark, she killed it this week. She just man, listen that match with her and Sarit. My yeah. goodness, please go watch that match. Yes, they yeah. really put in work. So do yourself a favor. We're going to have the debuting, uh, I was going to say Taya Valkyrie. You know who I mean. Frankie She's going to go up. Frankie Monet. I was going to say Frankie Muniz, but that's a different guy. Uh, please give me that match as soon as possible with her and Io Shirai. Give me Raquel Gonzalez against Mercedes Martinez.